Welcome, everybody, to the AFW College Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you encouraging content to help you flourish in your relationship with Jesus during your college years. My name is Jordan Ramirez, and I have a treat for you guys today. I am introducing our most recent College Night Sermon, uh, where our college pastor, Ben Moss, shared about how God continues to be a miracle working God, how the miracles have not stopped, the signs and wonders continue to happen around us, uh, and he gets to lay out uh, how we uh, get to see more of that, how we live into that, how we have the faith uh, that God wants to continue to work in our lives in that way, what it looks like, what kinds of miracles he's still working, all those things. Super encouraging, faith-building message from Ben. So to give it a listen, and I hope it blesses you. I'm so excited to be with you guys uh, because it has been about three months since I have had the opportunity to share the word. And I love preaching the Bible and I love talking about Jesus. And so I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited to uh, talk about what we're going to be jumping into this evening. Um, I do, I'll give a quick shout out. Uh, Adam, you can throw that back up there. Uh, this is a selfish plug, but uh, the AFW College Podcast, okay? Uh, we started this about a year and a half ago, right in the middle of COVID, because we had nothing else to do. And we were like, what are we going to do? Uh, let's start a podcast, because everybody else was podcasting. So uh, we actually felt led by the Lord. We didn't want to just be like everybody else. But uh, so uh, we jumped on here and these are just conversations that have to do with a variety of topics uh, that we felt as a college ministry you guys would be facing as college students. And so if you're looking for an opportunity just to take a deeper dive or learn more or discover more, we've got some exciting content on here. Uh, There's all different different topics. And I just want to encourage you, like, before you leave tonight, just look up AFW College Podcast on Spotify. Just look it up and have it there available. And maybe this next week, listen to one of the episodes uh, that, that is on there. If you're not encouraged, you can let Jordan know. Uh, and he will gladly take the feedback, all right? Uh, but uh, it's, it's just a fun way that we get to tell the story of what God is doing in our midst. There's also student testimonies on there. They're so encouraging uh, of how the Lord is, is working uh, in us and through us. Wow, that was a weird noise that just came out of the microphone. That was incredible. I don't know what I just did. All right. Well, hey, uh, if you got your Bibles, uh, I want you to turn to Psalm 77. Uh, we're going to be uh, sharing a little bit from there. We're going to be hopping around some. If I gave you the different verses, there'd be like five of them and they'd be all over the Bible. But that's the first one we're going to start with. Uh, but I want to start off by telling a little story uh, as I jump in. And uh, it happened when I was uh, 10 years old. And there was this movie that I watched for the very first time that was called Angels in the Outfield. Anybody ever heard of Angels in the Outfield? Great. Okay. Awesome. Uh, It is a Disney classic. Uh, I encourage you to go and watch it. Uh, It won't change your soul, but it'll make you laugh. Uh, And it's a great movie. Uh, But when I was 10 years old, basically the, the plot line of this movie is there's this boy and his parents are about to get a divorce. And so he goes to uh, his dad and he says, dad, what's it going to take for you and mom to not get a divorce? And his dad says, well, the angels, the Anaheim angels at the time, well, they're still the Anaheim angels, the baseball team, they would have to win the pennant 
for me to get back with my spouse or my wife. And so the little boy gets down on his knees and he prays. And he asks God that the angels would win the pennant. And sure enough, the whole movie, basically what ends up happening is there's these angels that come down and they'll take the baseball and they shoot it into the outfield. And then there's like guys that'll make like these diving catches and angels will catch them. In fact, I think I got a picture of one. There you go. There it is. So this is a great example. This is the pitcher angel that, that is behind the pitcher. Okay. And, and the angels win the pennant. And the angels have intervened in this story. And I got the, to the end of it, and I was like, all I have to do is bow my knee and pray, and I'm going to hit homers, you know, as a little 10-year-old. Little like, this is going to happen. Uh, but what, what I remember literally thinking as a 10-year-old is this is what miracles are like. All right, this is what it means to experience a miracle. Like you pray and you just get what you want. Like God intervenes in your baseball game or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and that was literally, that was my paradigm for miracles. All right. Now, I don't know what your paradigm is for miracles. I don't know what your background is. I don't know if you watched uh, Angels in the Outfield or not. Uh, or anybody seen Miracle, the, the hockey movie? Okay, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, do you believe in miracles? Yes, 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 all right. Uh, I don't know if you got it from Hollywood. I don't know if you got it from your parents. I don't know what your understanding is of miracles, but we're all shaped by someone and something when it comes to this topic of miracles. And tonight, what I want to do is I want to invite us into a conversation together, which is a one-way conversation, of talking about what it means for us to have a theological foundation that we serve a God who works miracles, that we serve a God who is working miracles today. So that, that's the title of my message, The God of Miracles, all right? Now, um, I usually like how many points? Three, all right? So tonight, there's three. So here we go. Uh, no shocker there. Uh, the first one is this. Very simply, God does signs and wonders. God does signs and wonders. I hope to inspire you and encourage you that God didn't do signs and wonders, but God is doing signs and wonders today. Psalm 77, 14 says, you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. I love this. There's so many verses we could share in scripture about this, but uh, can I just say it's natural for God to be supernatural. That's normal for God. When he wakes up in the morning, he's going to do mir miracles in that day <laughs> because that's just who he is. And the Bible says he never sleeps and he never slumbers. So miracles are happening all the time. <laughs> Sometimes our eyes are just closed, right? <laughs> but there's little and big miracles that are taking place. That word wonder in Psalm 77 there. I like to think of that uh, means you can't figure it out. <laughs> and because you can't figure it out, you just have to wonder about it. And that's the way it is with miracles. Can, can I just say, I want to spend less time worrying about things in my life and more time being in awe and wonder of who God is <laughs> and of how indescribable and uncontainable the nature and the character of our Lord is. 
I love what Psalm 147 says. It says, he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Now, for some of us, our mind is one of the greatest assets that we have. But it can also be one of our greatest liabilities if we try to figure it all out. Anybody like to have it all figured out? Okay. Hey, all of you raise, usually when I do a little exercise, it's me. All right. So that, that was great. The participation is high level tonight. <laughs> you know, but God is someone that we're never going to be able to figure out fully because he's infinite. And, and that's a good thing. You know, it's like if a mom or if a kid were to ask a mom, you know, growing up, like doing math, mom, what's the highest number? And the mom would reply, there isn't one, right? Because there's always one more. There's always a higher number. Same way with God. We'll never get to the end of him. And there's certain things in life that we just have to wonder about. And miracles is one of those things. I love uh, just a couple of examples of this, that we serve a God that does signs and wonders. Literally in scripture, it says this exact phrase, Exodus 7, 3, this is in the Old Testament, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt. There it is. Psalm 135, 9, he sent his signs and wonders into your midst, Egypt, against Pharaoh and against all his servants. Another one, Daniel 4, 3. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom and his dominion endures from generation to generation. How about the New Testament? Acts 22, verse 22. says this, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles. There it is, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. So yes, God is a miracle-working God, but who also is miracle-working? Jesus, all right? So there is no ungodliness in Jesus. So the nature of God is that he's a miracle worker. So the nature of Jesus is that he's a miracle worker. But then check this out, Acts 2, 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the, uh-oh, apostles. People, uh, normal people, okay? The, the disciples were not anybody spectacular. In fact, they all were just normal people that lived their lives and, and God used them in a supernatural way. And the reason I share this last one, Acts 2, 43 with us is because there can be certain theological streams out there that will try and tell you that signs and wonders no longer exist today. And that they ceased with the work of the apostles. But the only problem with that train of thinking is that if miracles have passed away, then that means God has passed away. <laughs> because who God is, is a miracle working God. It's just part of his nature. It's just a part of who he is. And last time I checked, God has not passed away. He is still active and intervening in our lives. I was trying to think of a, of a miracle story of late, um, and I was reminded, actually, Charlotte and I were 
at a conference uh, down in Waco this past January, and it was a gathering of some different young adults. And uh, one of the young adults uh, that was there had had chronic back pain for a number of years, and she experienced a miracle at this conference. And I asked her to share me a te- share me a testimony. Great English, Ben. Share a testimony with me about what had happened during that experience. And she sent me like a 10-minute long voice message, so I paraphrased it. But here's what she said. She said, for six years, I've had chronic back pain due to an injury I sustained six years ago while I was playing soccer. This past summer, I was asked to lead a mission team coming in and out of D.C., but I actually had to leave early because of the pain in my back. When I finally got home, I couldn't even get out of bed because the pain was so great. After some of the inflammation went down, I was eventually able to get an appointment with a chiropractor. And after doing some body scans, the doctor discovered that my back was at a 50-degree curve and told me that it would take some time before I got any better. And although I started to do some physical therapy, the pain just continued. Until I attended a young adult conference in Waco this past January, and near the end of one of the sessions, a girl named Claire Woods, who's actually our young adult pastor, got up and said that she had faith to pray for healing in the room. So I raised my hand, and a few people came around me to pray. And as they were praying, I honestly felt like things were starting to shift in my back. After they finished, I stood up, And I felt like Jesus had maybe healed me. That same week, I went to the chiropractor and the doctor, who was a Christian, said, well, let's see if God's performed a miracle. And so they ran the same body scans, and the doctor came back and said, you're never going to believe this. Your body has gone from 50 degrees to 45 degrees on the curve. A normal back would be anywhere from 40 to 45 degrees. And he said it usually takes 12 to 16 months to see even a degree of shift take place. He said, it's a miracle. God has restored you. She said, I started to cry in the patient room thinking about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. It was a miracle. Now, Yes, that was a physical miracle. So God does signs and wonders. But second thing I want to say is that God doesn't just heal heal physically. God heals spiritually. God heals spiritually. Matthew 11.5 says, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now, This is talking about physical miracles. But I I have a question for us. Would it be okay if God also opened your spiritual eyes? Like, it's awesome that God brings physical restoration, and that's part of his character. But there's also a part of his nature that loves to open up our eyes so that we can see parts of his character we weren't able to see before. (laughs) We can see his faithfulness in a certain area in our life. We can see his mercy We can see his grace. We can see his justice. Maybe even sometimes he brings conviction (laughs) through the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, we need our eyes to be opened constantly (laughs) so that we can see him more rightly. 
What about maybe if God takes our lameness in a certain area of our life so that we can walk in the spirit in that area? (laughs) Helps us to overcome pride. Helps us to overcome lust. Helps us to overcome fear. Helps us to overcome insecurity and other matters of the heart when God replaces those things and he gives us something brand new. Or maybe when God heals your tongue and you, instead of gossiping about that friend or about that roommate, you start to bless them in the name of Jesus. And you start to respond in the opposite spirit because God's bringing healing. He's bringing restoration. So yes, God heals physically, but he also heals spiritually. I love the passage in in Luke 17 that describes how Jesus heals 10 lepers. And it helps us to understand a little bit about how Jesus was about spiritual healing as much as he was physical healing. And it says this, verses 17 through 19, Luke 17, it says, Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? He's talking about 10 lepers that he had just healed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to praise Uh, to give praise to God, except this foreigner. And then he said to him, rise and go forth. Your faith has made you well. So in this passage, Jesus heals 10 lepers and he tells them to all come back, but only one comes back. Only one returns. Nine were healed physically. One was healed both physically and spiritually. (laughs) He said, you have been made well. That phrase made well comes from the Greek phrase, which means sozo. It's actually sozo, S-O-D-Z-O, which means to, um, which means to be made whole in spirit, soul, and body. (laughs) And as I was thinking about that, guys, isn't that what the cross is actually really all about? (laughs) Isn't that what Jesus actually does in all of our hearts? (laughs) where he takes our brokenness and our sin and our shame and he takes it on himself and he raises back to life three days later and he conquers it so that now you and I can stand before God rightly even though we don't deserve it and we can receive this free gift of grace. Hasn't he also performed a spiritual miracle in our lives? He's done it. He's opened our eyes. I love what 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, and that's what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So good. Uh, As I was trying to think of spiritual healing and my spiritual eyes being open, I thought about uh, being married with Charlotte for now three and a half years almost. And uh, here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make this statement. Okay, please do not get mad at me about this. Okay, I'm going to make a statement about females in general. Okay. Females in general have a better ability than males to see things. Okay. Now, I, I, y'all are like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And all the guys are like, come on, what are you talking about? All right. So, so uh, <laughs> here's the deal. After three years of marriage, what I discovered is I'll go into my closet and I'll look for a certain shirt. 
Now, I promise you, I, I, that shirt is in the closet. Like, it's there. Like, I might have even folded it, put it on the hanger. You don't fold and put it on the hanger. I might have put it on the hanger and put it in the closet, but I know it's in there. And I'll go in there, and I'll spend five minutes, and I can't find it. And I'll go out, and I'll say, hey, Charlotte, have you seen that shirt? And she goes, yeah, it's in your closet. I'm like, I guarantee you it's not my closet. She'll walk in my closet. Ding! And she'll just pick it out and go, here it is. I'm like, what in the world? I think you have the gift of making things appear, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. But what I'm saying is, as, as simple as that is, um, I have eyes, but I can't see. And that, that's where all throughout the New Testament, Jesus is telling his disciples, you, you have eyes, but you can't really see. Guys, I think in all of our lives, God never wants to grow tired of opening our eyes so that we can see him more clearly, so that we can see him more rightly, so that he can bring healing in a place in our heart or our soul or our spirit or our mind or our ears or our mouth, whatever it may be. It might not be a physical miracle like that girl experienced where her back was healed, but it may be that your heart gets healed. <laughs> It may be that your soul gets healed. It, it, it may be something else, but God is always working miracles in our midst. When we call on the name of Jesus, we get new eyes. <laughs> we get new ears. We get new thoughts. And he loves to intervene. So that leads me to my third and, and final point. If God heals physically and God heals spiritually... How do miracles happen? How do miracles happen? Well, I'm going to give you three simple A words. And they're this. The first one is ask. Ask. Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Love that. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. The man that needed healing asked Jesus. <laughs> he just asked him. And I, I also love that he said, Lord, if you're willing. <laughs> you know what he was doing? He was coming in a posture of humility before God. God, if this is your will, <laughs> would you heal me? I think a lot of healing and restoration comes from having the right posture in our heart and being able to trust in the goodness of God whether the miracle happens or it doesn't happen. Coming in that posture of surrender to him. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 backs that up when it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will knock. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I uh, remember my junior year in college, I went on our spring break mission trip, which at that time was to Edinburgh, Texas. And up until that point in college, every night I had gone to bed anxious. Now, I wish I could tell you why. I'm not totally sure why. I think there was probably a combination of some things I, I was dealing with 
personally health reasons why. I, I, I don't know all, all the answers to that. But I do know that when I went to bed, I would just get anxious before I go to bed. And so we're doing one of the sessions and we're, we're worshiping and uh, we're praying before we're ready to go out to the day. Uh, that was also not good English. Um, and there's a guy that gets up on stage and he says, um, hey, I just feel like there's somebody in the room here that every night before you go to bed, you've been struggling with anxiousness. And I'm like, you know, I, I just kind of, kind of shrink down. I'm like, somebody else, raise your hand. Somebody else, right? You know, like, raise your hand if that's you. You know, I'm like looking around like, please, somebody else. Nobody raises their hand. And the guy's like, he's staying up there. And he, he says it again. He goes, no, I really think there's somebody here who every night that you've gone to bed for the last four or five years, you've been anxious. And so, you know, <laughs> here goes my hand. And a couple of people come around and they pray for me. Now, they're not like, Lord, heal him, you know, in Jesus' name. They're just, just very gently, the guy just puts his hand on me and he says, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the anxiousness would be gone from Ben's mind and Ben's heart when he goes, when he goes to bed at night. In Jesus' name, amen. I didn't feel anything. I didn't experience anything supernatural. It was just, he just prayed. That night, I went to bed, and for the first night in five years, I didn't experience anxiousness when I went to sleep. I thought, coincidence, you know, uh, it lasted a week, it lasted a month, it lasted an entire year. God restored me. Why do I say that? Somebody asked. <laughs> and we don't know, guys, when God's going to answer their prayer and when he's not. But it's not our responsibility to know what he's going to do. It's our joy to ask. <laughs> and just to partner with him and trust him that he is a miracle-working God. So, so ask. You know, uh, people ask me sometimes, you know, like, hey, what does it look like to see more miracles in my life? One of my questions would be, are you asking? <laughs> Are you asking for them? Uh, somebody actually had a word earlier that, that tonight God just wanted to fill us with faith <laughs> to believe for greater healing among us, to believe for more asking. So that's the first A, ask. The second A is agree. Ask and agree. Do you know that there's power when we agree with one another for each other? I love what Matthew 18, 19 says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Guys, I'm not sure why God has set up the universe <laughs> to where he answers prayers of agreement with each other. Ecclesiastes 4.12 kind of explains that where it says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. There's some twos and threes gathered here, so, so he's here with us. That could be part of the reason. I don't fully understand it, but I do know that when we agree with one another, it's like we're pulling heaven down, <laughs> pulling heaven down to earth. Um, I was thinking about the word amen. Anybody ever say amen today? Amen, all right. Uh, and that word amen 
in the Greek, it means so be it. So be it. And I love that because it's like when we pray for each other and we say amen, we're saying, God, let it be so. God, let it happen. Let, let, let it, we agree with one another under the authority, Jesus, that is not of us, that is only of you, Jesus. We agree with one another and we say, let it be. Amen. Guys, I just want the culture of our college ministry to be an amen culture. <laughs> Where we get used to, we know one another in such a way that we can say, amen, I'm believing for that in your life. <laughs> I'm contending for that in your life. I'm partnering with you in that way. That's why I honestly love ministry time in life groups. I know that sometimes it can seem really simple, but there's actually power in ministry time. <laughs> There's power when we're vulnerable with each other and we open up our hearts and then we rally around each other. And then at the end of that prayer, we say, amen. <laughs> we're saying, God, let it be done. Let it be so. We're agreeing with each other. 2012, I'm in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia on a mission trip. Anybody ever heard of Mongolia? You're like only when I've said it. Okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. It's tucked between Russia and China. Uh, freezing, frigid temperatures. It's horrible. Um, we were starting a, a help, helping to start a young people's church there. And one of the things that we did is we did outreach. And in order to reach the guys, we played basketball. And so we rented this basketball court. I'm a horrible basketball player. And I went up to get a rebound right underneath the basket, like the basket's right here. Okay, when you get a rebound, to the right of the basket or to the left of the basket is where you get the rebound, not directly underneath. So I go and I get the ball. I almost said deal, but it's a ball. And as I come down, my kneecap shifts left, right, and back out to the left. I go down on the ground. My, my leg is like a little snake, and my teammates come around me, and they look at it, and they go, oh, okay. If a friend experiences a traumatic event or injury, do not be the friend that goes, uh, all right? That does not help the situation. And I'm sitting there. I'm in excruciating pain. They put me into this van, and the, I'm convinced the roads in Mongolia, worst roads in the world. Potholes, whole way to the hospital, gung, 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 like this, okay? Friends trying to hold the end of the leg, not working, not helping, pain, Okay. Give me the ibuprofen, all right? And so I'm, I'm sitting there, and they pull me into the hospital, and they put me on this stretcher, and they just kind of leave me in this hallway. I don't know why. Medical care, I'm not sure, okay? But they just leave me there. I think they were going to have like a cons consult. Is that a word? Thank you. Uh, consultation about what to do. And my, my little phone in my pocket starts buzzing. I pick it up, and it's one of the other team leaders. And he says, what's going on, Ben? And I said, well, I've had this horrible injury. I'm not really sure where the doctor is. I'm in, the, I'm in this hallway. Uh, and he said, well, I've rallied together the whole team, and we're going to start agreeing in the name of Jesus for you to be healed. And, you know, I said, thanks. You know, that's, that's nice of you. And, and guys, up until, it really was nice, but up, up until this point, I had seen God do wonders out here, but I had never experienced God do a wonder in here. And I'm sitting there, 
And as I'm praying, I just begin to pray, you know, like the, the man that was caught in leprosy. And I just said, Lord, if it's your will, would you heal your son? W- would you bring restoration? And as I'm saying that prayer, my kneecap pops. And I'm like, did I just injure it more? What's going on? So I begin to unravel the bandages. Also not a good idea. And <laughs> just learn from the mistakes, all right? So I'm unraveling the bandages. <laughs> I look down at my knee, and my kneecap has shifted all the way back into place. And I just start to cry. And I'm like, God, I'm pretty sure that that was just a miracle. I'm pretty sure that you just restored my my knee. <laughs> and so the doctor comes in, and she's like, what in the... Like, what just happened? And I'm, I, I literally, I can't talk. I'm just crying. I'm so overcome by the love of God and the presence of God. I, I, I just, I'm just sitting there. Eventually, I get some words out. You know, I prayed, and, and she's like, what? You know, who? Huh? Jesus, what? I go in the next morning, and there's a different doctor that, that is going gonna, is gonna to see me. And, he, and I explain to him what happened. And he, now, I just want to pause and say, medically, what had happened, I had a patella dislocation. The patella can shift back on its own, okay? That is medically verifiable. Kale can check me on it, all right? That can happen, all right? But the deal is, it happened at the moment that 30 of my team members were agreeing for healing in Jesus' name. Coincidence? Probably not. Power of God? I think so, (laughs) in the moment. But I go back in and the doctor says, um, hey, I just want you to know that if your patella had not shifted back into its place on its own, we would not have had the ability in our country to perform the surgery that would have been needed for you to regain function in that leg in the proper time. It was a miracle. And God knew what he was doing. He was healing. (laughs) He was restoring. But there was power that was released when agreement was coming with 30 prayer warriors behind closed doors. Guys, I just want to say, there's power in your prayers. (laughs) There's power in the things that you are praying for one another, agreeing with one another. You You may not even actually see it exactly in the moment happening, but you're making heavenly deposits when you pray. And you're pulling heaven down when you agree with each other. The last A, and this will be short, is this abide. Ask, agree, and abide. A better word for abide might actually be trust. The reason I I put this one is because, guys, if we ask God to do a miracle and then we agree with one another and we don't see the miracle happen and we have a faulty understanding of the goodness of God, it can lead to disappointment and disillusionment. But if we are so grounded in God's character, that he's good, and that sometimes his definition of goodness is not always my definition of goodness. If I can be grounded in that part of his nature, then whether the miracle happens or it doesn't happen, I can abide (laughs) and I can trust. I've heard it said before that sometimes God heals instantly. I've shared a couple testimonies of that tonight. Sometimes God heals gradually. Um, I am being healed gradually. (laughs) 
of a lot of things in my life still and probably will be <laughs> for a long time because I know in part now, but then I'll see fully. I'll see him as he is. And then sometimes God doesn't heal at all. And that's the hardest one. And we're actually going to camp out there next month, and I'm going to talk about what happens when God doesn't do the miracle. And how do we deal with disappointment? College, any disappointment ever happen? No? Okay, perfect. Okay, great. And how do we stay grounded in the character of God in the midst of that disappointment? My dad uh, is 67, and for his entire life, he has struggled with a disease called alcaptonuria. What alcaptonuria does is it goes to a joint in the body, it attacks that joint, it breaks apart the cartilage, and then it goes and attacks another joint and another joint and another joint. He's had double hip, double shoulder, and double knee replacements. He's lived with chronic pain his entire life. We've prayed for healing. <laughs> We've contended with each other. And we haven't seen it come to pass. But guess what? My dad is the most joyful person that I know on this planet. <laughs> and even though it's not the miracle that we think it is, God's taught me more about the joy of the Lord in the midst of trial and suffering through my dad than anybody else in the world. There's always a miracle that's going on. <laughs> it just may not always look like what we think it looks like. So what we're going to do this evening as we land here is we're going to pray for miracles. <laughs> and I know that this might be the first time for some of you to ever have the opportunity to, to pray for that. I know that that might be a stretch. I know that might be a risk of you being willing to say, hey, I need a miracle in this place in my life. I hope that this idea, this theological understanding of miracles has helped us to understand that it's not just physical but it might be something in your soul. It might be something in your mind. It might be something else. But we're going to just take a moment here. and We're going to pause. And we're just going to ask the Lord, Lord, is there any area in my life where you are wanting to bring healing? And then we're just going to pray for each other. All right? So I'm going to invite our worship team. I don't know where they are. Uh, they're, wow, they appeared. Back up there. And I just want to invite you right where you're at, just to close your eyes for a moment. And we do this at the end of each one of these college nights. And we just ask the Holy Spirit a simple question. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me about this message? But instead, I want you to ask the Lord. Just say, Lord, is there any area in my life where you're wanting to bring healing? Where you're wanting to bring restoration? And I just want us to pause just, just for a moment. Just let the Lord speak to you. Let him drop something in your mind.